0: Welcome everyone to another great episode of the Do Better Dev Show. Today is a huge, huge episode because we're doing it out of our studio in in West Vancouver or West part of close to Vancouver with Nathan. How are you doing, Nathan?
1: I'm doing so well. The latency, it's just the lowest I've ever seen.
0: I know. Uh, It's almost like the speed of sound.
1: Yeah, it's wild. So anyway, it's going to be a good show for that reason. Yeah.
0: I would say um i'm sure for other reasons we'll find out we'll find out it's just you know now 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 it's official now we're professionals now you know this is this is the future of podcasting people sitting in front of each other instead of remote Mm,
1: it's a bold bold take (laughs) we'll see if it pans out
0: we'll see but since it is so cool that we're sitting here, <laughs> are there any other cool, frustrating things that happened this week?
1: Sure. So this is this is from a ways back now, wow. uh, but I'm really hoping I didn't mention this in the last one. I don't think I did, but my notes are old now, so we'll find out. But imagine.ai, I sent this to you. And if I didn't mention it in the last show, this is a generator for REST APIs so I found it because I was looking for open source Haskell projects, and this is written in Haskell. And <laughs> it allows you to choose Django or Express, I think. It's some sort of TypeScript thing. Anyway, you set up all your models through a UI, and it generates the APIs and the tests. Uh, and it's the basic CRUD stuff you'd expect, where you can, the test will say, like, here's some fake data, post it check it dig it create it success it's all the stuff you'd expect like a junior intermediate dev to do on their first like six months except you can just do it in an afternoon or even just 15 minutes their demo is wild i was blown away so uh watch yourselves web devs uh, because you're about to be replaced
0: yeah until that template breaks and then they hire you to fix it
1: yeah so it's It's described as, uh, like, I I forget the term now, but basically a boilerplate starter. So you can essentially just be like, all right, we want an initial proof of concept with these models. Let's build them out in the UI, download the source code. Now we've got something to start from. And that's pretty cool because you've got a bunch of stuff that's written in fairly sane ways as far as the code I skimmed. And you don't have to do all that. Crap yourself. So, take-home assignments now for junior intermediate devs just got a whole lot easier.
0: Yeah, and it's like full full stack. They give you a whole Docker image and everything.
1: That's right. Yeah, you can choose whether it's Dockerized or not. You can choose. It's fairly configurable. So, I was really impressed. Yeah,
0: with GitHub workflows. So, it it is like truly. It could be truly just CI CD in there too. Yeah, they're just like, do you want the test workflows? And so long your repo is open source, you can probably just run it unlimited times. Yeah, yeah, like, whew.
1: Yeah, so check check that out if anybody's listening to this episode. Check that out in the description because it's actually really cool. And again, look at the demo. There's a big button on their website. It says demo. And check it out because it's cool. A great thing. This doesn't fit into cool, interesting, or frustrating. Specifically, it's just a great thing. I have had wool socks for hiking. And I forget where I heard it. I think I was on a Reddit thread or something, but somebody said, all I own is merino wool socks. And everybody's like, what, why? He's like, honestly, they're the best. So I needed a new pair of socks. And I thought, I was at Mac and they have darn tough merino wool socks. And I was looking at them and I was like, why would I want to wear these? These are like hiking socks. They're padded, they're thick. I wouldn't want to wear those on like an autumn day. And then I saw on the other side of the aisle, they had day use or something like that. And they're just like normal lifestyle socks. So I bought a pair of those and I'm wearing them right now. And I wore them all day today. Uh, they're so good. Uh, the nice thing about Moringa wool socks as well is that they tend not to smell very bad. And I wear canvas shoes, I've got Chuck Taylors. And the combination of like a hot day canvas shoes and cotton socks, it can be pretty bad. So wool socks are supposed to do better with that. And merino wool is just soft and moisture wicking and antibacterial and doesn't smell so bad. So I'm a big fan of it so far. Uh, if if you also need good socks, uh, they're, they're, <laughs> they're expensive. But I didn't know that they existed for just like regular use until recently. So now I'm excited because I, I liked my hiking ones. But yeah, I would not want to wear them regularly day to day.
0: Wow. Wow. This episode is not sponsored by Wool Woolsocks. Yeah, this is,
1: episode's also <laughs> not sponsored by Ridge Wallet, which I own. Or uh. <laughs> <laughs> what are the other things that people have?
0: The Sunglass Company.
1: Oh, yeah. And uh, Chili Pad. None of those. None of those are sponsoring the show. Yeah,
0: because they're broke and no one wants to pay us.
1: Raycon. Don't buy them. They're not sponsoring the show. <laughs> <laughs> I have one. Oh, this is going to be appropriate for Lager. Somebody just liked me on Hinge. I... <laughs> Have a wholesome recommendation. Wow. So you've been watching, and I've been watching it with you, a bunch of Flag of the Concords. And that got me thinking of the most wholesome Flag of the Concords thing. It was actually the first Flag of the Concords video I ever saw. It's on YouTube, and I'll include a link to it. It's a performance of their song, Jenny. And it didn't make it to the show, which is what we've been watching. But Jenny is also like the subtitle or alternate title is a hilarious misunderstanding and it's just these two people in a park having a conversation but it's so good and just it feels good you can show it to anybody because there's no nothing like creepy or offensive not even any swearing it's just like a happy little folk song and uh it's a good time so fits my wholesome pick plus i got really lucky that we delayed recording this because i had a wholesome pick that was an Instagram account that then proceeded to do something very not wholesome, and I would have been embarrassed wow. uh, to to the no listeners who would have clicked on that and been like, Nathan, how dare you?
0: Or oh, maybe that's what gets us all the clicks.
1: Oh, was the offensive wholesome mm-hmm. recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So have you heard of rap god? You could go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's a beautiful maybe. song, Kim. Kim is my go-to for my wholesomeness, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 Anytime I need a good lullaby to fall asleep, Kim by Eminem.
1: Yeah, Kim, maybe some Stan. Yeah, all good stuff. All good stuff.
0: What about you? Um, so so slightly frustrating but fun thing that I learned today. So it's frustrating because I found tons of legacy code, uh, that I sort of have to go over, um, and. Uh, it's it's not as fun as people people would think otherwise, you know? Uh, Sounds
1: fun. Legacy code is always a good thing.
0: Yeah. You know, you go into a company being like, oh, this product or service has existed for well over a decade or two, and this, all of this code must be great, um, because I'll get to see what it was truly made of. And you know what? I didn't want to see that. Uh <laughs>
1: How the sausage is made. Yeah. Uh,
0: um, but what I also learned was a funny thing was uh, Jeff Dean was one of the guys who wrote the Google search algorithm thing. And uh, one of my senior devs attended a bunch of his talks when he worked in the Valley. Uh, so he was telling us how Jeff Dean wrote this optimization code in assembly uh, for the the Google search optimization. So the search whole is a mess from what i hear it's a combination of code written from beyond time till now uh since google has existed and that assembly code is so good that no one wants to touch it and people have been trying to either like make work around it and even jeff Dean himself he still works at google but he does not want to touch it because he doesn't know if he has the same mental context of it at all uh, so that legacy code is probably just going to sit there till, who knows, end of time. Uh, so I thought that was hilarious uh, as my senior dev was explaining that. And he's like, you know, some of these things we're seeing here, if we don't touch it now and try to make it better, it'll probably stay there forever till AWS RDS exists end of the time. Um, so that was kind of fun. Fun to hear about uh, and frustrating to discover. <laughs> uh, <laughs> For uh, another cool, I guess, tech thing, uh, got an Xbox controller. Um, always frustrating to go back between the X mapping between a PlayStation controller and an Xbox controller. But it's nice. The Xbox controller is heavier, has the whole grip uh, that you usually miss out on PlayStation because it feels all plasticky as opposed to rubber. Uh, so that's been kind of fun. And then I have a friend to play Xbox with. Yeah, we're playing a way out. A way out, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been doing supersets so far on it.
1: <laughs> yeah, for context. <laughs> the beginning of the game, you were just spat out into this prison yard. And our first reaction, both of us, was just to go do pull-ups.
0: <laughs> yeah, combined with some chest dips or push-ups. Yeah. And yeah, if you get a sick back and you know chest pump, it almost feels like she's hugging you again. It's,
1: so. uh, it was the dumbest thing. These two, two, two guys pick up a video game we're like oh yeah let's hang out <laughs> play a video game we just get a workout
0: <laughs> yeah that, that'll tell you we have we have problems and uh, that's part of influencing my will continue to do better but i will i will come to that at the end so sh- stay tuned um yeah another cool thing went to victoria got my favorite thai food uh went there to like find this guy who will be moving in with me or is already moved whoa uh yeah crazy guy he's just he was just planning to like bring a whole bunch of stuff and then go back to town and then come back again it's just insane to me uh but anyways I stole some of his stuff sold some of it uh, I don't think he knows about it yet and uh, yeah he's now my my roommate which is pretty pretty cool so far um and uh, and then this is my sad pick which I feel like I, I gotta I gotta mention uh the rain. Uh, because that's the day he moved, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it chose
1: the perfect day to, yeah. get, to get out of Vancouver Island.
0: Ceilings were canceled. Uh, ferries were running slower taking longer. Uh, even as it stands now, we have no way of connecting by road to the rest of the Canada. Um, Vancouver is, is completely disconnected. We can fly, uh, we can go through States but we cannot travel within Canada because the (laughs) bridge is broken and the highway. Uh, and yeah, the town of Merritt got flooded and just was just sad all over. Um, because who knew little rain, uh, could be not so little. Uh, but what did come good out of it was there was this barge that was about to hit the Barar bridge. It didn't. And it like sort of got beached by a beach. And then somebody made a Twitter account under its name and started posting a bunch of memes, uh, which got me a pretty good like 10 minutes of entertainment for my day and my dopamine hit. <laughs> so I was pretty happy about it. It was very Vancouver specific memes and it had like 10,000 followers within overnight. So I'm not alone in finding random stupid memes and being like, ha, that's hilarious. Um, but yeah, that, that's all my sad, wholesome, awesome, frustrating picks for the week.
1: Yeah. 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 I'm going to just piggyback on the one thing real quick. Wow. Because something, my, I ended up moving on a day that was pouring rain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was all sad because I wasn't going to make it to the one o'clock ferry. And then I got to the ferry for the three o'clock, and the one o'clock had never left. So I just got, I arrived 10 minutes or so before. We were ready to leave for the three o'clock and it was still listed as the one. So I technically still make it to the one. I time traveled and then uh, make it t- just fine. And people were texting me asking, you know, if I was affected by the rain, if I was flooded or anything. I was like, nah, I'm good. It all worked wow. out.
0: Well, because you are the real life version of Domino.
1: So I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> just all works out.
0: Yeah. But moving to a new place, starting new jobs, it sounds like there's a lot of onboarding going on in your life.
1: Yeah, I I boarded the ferry and then now I'm onboarding onto a new job. So today was the end of day two Mm. at my new job. And conveniently, my previous employer has also been talking for about two years about all the onboarding woes that they've had. And uh, we... In the last couple of weeks, we were talking about the things we could do better on with onboarding or phrased slightly differently, the things we currently do poorly. And so I figured this is all top of mind for me considering that I'm starting a new job and my previous full-time employer was complaining about their lack of onboarding process. So I thought let's talk about it on the show. Some things that we can do as existing team members to help onboard people and if you are someone who's entering a company maybe how you can try to make yourself useful during the onboarding process which is something i've had to do the last two days Uh, so do you want to start or should i just
0: um sure i I can i can start yeah yeah. Uh, so i've sort of mentally broken it down into three pieces
1: perfect
0: Uh, yeah so there's the there's the pre-onboarding so pre before you start uh all the information that you should get things that you should know um during once you've started your first few weeks and then sort of offboarding as you're more acclimated to the company and then it's been three or four months or whatever and things to keep in mind things to start things to look for um sort of a list uh, rough mental model and yeah and so for pre the biggest thing on my list was actually in all of these things the biggest thing is just communication if you're an employer please please know this Um, the new person who is now hired is really probably looking forward to a lot of things uh, that they want to do, unless you're the government. In that case, maybe they just want to relax. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) they know why they're there. (laughs) Yeah, so don't reach out to them as much. Uh, But if you're every other tech company or most even just normal companies out there, um, make sure they have a plan. Make sure they know what they're signing up for. Uh, Your HR person, your people ops needs to be like completely onboarded and have have a plan so like you should give them a list of readings of things about the company uh the technologies they use the stack uh somebody from the tech team they could email and this is before they've even started this is before day one uh things they might want to read you don't have to push it on them but say these are all available so for people who are maybe wanting to learn more about the company that would be good if not that could be their first week homework but I know some people don't wanna look anything about the new job until they start on day one, and that's fair. Uh, but for those of us who do want to, uh, please have that ready because else the... the pr- Even small things like equipment, how things are gonna be given to you, uh, what is getting shipped when, what hardware and things they should have ready for day one. Um, especially now that we're all remote. Uh, in person was a lot more easier, you walk in, you contact the site, you have everything given to you. Remote, you have to make sure all the equipment gets delivered to you properly. Uh, They can verify you. Uh, So I know for my onboard first day, I had to show my ID and myself uh, when whoever was validating me before they could give my security identity to me. Um, Very important because that's how companies lose money and data um yeah and then yeah just some documentation list of people they should talk to list of people they should know about for their team very important even if you think they won't have any idea about any of them that's normal but it'll help if somebody on slack randomly messages them uh, to just be like oh this is from the list of people that were given to me i know who this person is um yeah just so you know what your department is i joined this team there's Lord knows how many people in there, I think close to 50 because I'm on a higher level role as opposed to just smaller level teams. Uh, and I, I didn't even know I was working with about four teams until like two months in. Until two months in, I thought this one team of 12 people was my team. Uh, until someone was like, no, 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 you're you're in charge of like all of these other things too uh, that you need to com- coordinate and communicate. I was like, oh, good good to know, I guess. <laughs> uh <laughs> Yeah. Any anything else you would have loved in your pre onboarding stage? Oh, oh.
1: Uh, well, <clears throat> I. It bemoans me to say this, but there was a company that you and I both worked at They actually did a great job with pre onboarding. Uh, for me. Wow! 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 So I was essentially sent like links to everything the weekend before, so I could review it. I had like a very short turnaround for that company. So that was as much a heads up as I could have possibly gotten, but it was, you know, these are all the links to the HR stuff. This is what's expected on your first day as far as onboarding goes. This is uh, who you can talk to for various things. So like your contact HR, this is who you'd be reporting to, etc., etc., et, cetera, et, cetera, et cetera. So I had some sense of where to go if I didn't know what to do next. And I w- it was very easy to fill my first three days. They also had an absurd amount of onboarding paperwork stuff, so it took at least half a day, if not a whole day, to just fill out paperwork. Um, in contrast, uh, this current onboarding process does not exist <laughs> at, at my new company, and it's as expected. They, uh, they're they a new company, so they're fairly young, and <clears throat> as far as like the company itself is fairly young, so there's not a lot of process in there yet. And so it was essentially a matter of like this yesterday morning messaging the only contact I had at the company and being like, is there a Slack workspace I can join? Uh, so, so that's not what you want. If you're an employer, you want to at least make sure that the upcoming employee has access to people. And so uh, do essentially what Gan said. Uh, all those things are very useful. I, th- I think you've covered pretty much all of it as far as things they could do. And then my experience recently has just been that the, none of those were done. Um, if it's, I would, the only thing I guess I would add is that if it's a technical role, pointing them in the direction of these are the code bases you might wanna check out. Um, I was given, to give them credit, I was given access to their organization in GitHub and on Docker Hub. So I was able to poke around in some code ahead of time had I chosen to. But without any context, it would have been a bit weird to do that. Uh, but <clears throat> as someone who's in a technical role, filling out and reading documentation and filling out paperwork can get tedious and it's nice to switch over and think about code for a bit. So giving somebody that break where they can still do something helpful to get context uh, without um, without them just fumbling around. So at my last company, Telmedic, they had too many repos. I don't know how many. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it was triple digits. And so if I wasn't pointing in a direction there, I would have had no idea what to look at. And one of the first things I did was open up their GitHub account, look at the number of repos and went, I'm out. Uh, I guess I'll just wait for someone to point me in the right direction. Whereas this new company, they have five. One of them had been recently updated and the other ones hadn't. Looks like that's probably where I'll go. And so that was pretty easy but that'd be the only thing i would add i think everything else you're pretty much covered just give them context give them contacts and make sure they feel welcome oh that's something else too an introduction via slack if you're remote is a good start but hey this is so and so they'll be working with so and so on such and such Uh, or they're new we don't know where we're putting them but this is some stuff that they told us about them here's a little bio Uh, Say hi, because I having somebody reach out, like you said, and just say, hey, welcome to the company. Uh, I work on this team. I probably won't work with you otherwise, but hi. It feels good, and it makes you feel welcome at the at the company, especially in a remote environment.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely that initial either email thread or Slack message of, hey, everyone, welcoming this new team member. And that's usually sent by your managers. Uh, if they're not sending it, tell your people ops people because managers should be doing that. Or, you know, people ops. It's better if somebody in the team does it. Uh, or Usually they'll have like a buddy role who will be doing the introduction to the team. So people know someone new joined and there's not just a lurker.
1: That's actually a really good point. Yeah, the buddy thing is great. Uh, you were my buddy. Yeah. Uh, you'd been at the More. company... Yeah, we're not anymore. Uh, <laughs> we don't even like each other. Uh, but you've been at the company longer than me. And so I joined the team that you were on. And it was essentially like, hey, if you have questions, go again. He'll answer them for you. And uh, that's it gives you a point of contact as a peer. Because um, not everybody. you don't always want everybody to be your manager or someone that you're reporting to. Something like that. Or just HR. You want someone who's your peer. So that's nice and especially a lot of people that I've noticed are fairly introverted on Slack. Like they just don't want to post in public channels, that sort of thing. I am the opposite on Slack to how I am in real life. I'm very introverted for the most part in real life, but on Slack, I do not care. Uh, so I joined my new company yesterday and right away I was just like, hi everybody, like in the general channel. Cause I couldn't, I was in two channels. And it's like, hi, everybody, I work here now. And I forget, there was some other reason why I was posting. But that doesn't bother me. But a lot of people wouldn't feel comfortable with that. And it helps that this company is really small. If you're at a large company, it's going to be more intimidating. So do that for them is the point.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, I would not have uh, done that. I would have just been in the meetings for, like, weeks until someone was like, hey, who are you? I'd be like, I don't know, on the payroll, um, no <laughs> one said anything to me. I've just been doing this work. Uh, look at all this code I wrote, though. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's, like, a good, so, so yeah, let's talk about the during. So, your day one has started. Uh, what are the things they should provide you, in addition to all the pre-things, is an onboarding buddy. Uh, a someone doesn't have to be necessarily the even the same team, so long it's the same department. So long someone who knows the ins and outs and can find someone for you even if they don't have the information, uh, cause yeah, you may not want to talk to HR or your manager cause they're higher ups, uh, or whatever the mental model is. Um, I, for like instance, I talked to my manager on day one, then I talked to him on day three, and then I started doing some check-ins with him more regularly until I got comfortable with him. Um, but on day one, I was just like, Hey, I, I don't want to like take up too much of your time. Cause Turns out he's managing like three teams uh, <laughs> and he's always just like this very calm manner. It's like, yeah, I got all my, like my time is for you. And I'm like, how? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Don't lag <lie to> me. <laughs> yeah.
0: But he's doing a great job and I love him. But in the beginning I was very intimidated until he made it very clear. He's just like, I am your manager. This is my job. Ask me anything and b- take my time. Um, but my onboarding buddy, he's been amazing. We've, practically been talking every single day since I started working there because he also happens to be my senior developer. And I work with him a lot on what to plan, what to do, and we're the only two sys devs on our entire team of however many peoples. Uh, so we have to figure out all the automation. And so there's a good dude combination there. And then yeah, when you are onboarded, if your onboarding buddy or manager isn't already doing it and you're co-located in the same area, take them out for a coffee. Uh, it makes a huge difference seeing someone in person as opposed to whatever the remote call you're in Uh, because on-call coffee might feel awkward. On-call, it's just better to just talk uh, as if you're in a one-to-one meeting. But in person, yeah, having that little beverage, a little guard down, uh, people are a lot more friendlier and easier to talk about all these things. Um, What else? I like checklists uh so amazon had this really nice onboarding thing where actually ea did too i should give them tons of credit for that they had the whole portal made just for onboarding new people and it had all the hyperlinks with description on why you should read this when you should read it and was divided by week one week two week three month one month two month three Uh, so it got broader as you had more things in the beginning they filled it up with a lot of things in case you didn't have enough work to do Uh, which was pretty great and it gave me a list of it gave me the list of my teams and immediate members but it also said these are people you should also like specially talk to or at least from your team these are the people you should interact with within your first week Uh, so they know you exist and they'll be the ones you'll be talking to a lot Um, huge 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 would recommend Uh, everyone agrees everyone agrees yeah (laughs) uh (laughs) Because you don't know who to talk to, uh, especially if you're know if you part of a bigger team. Maybe if you're in a smaller company, just talk to everyone. Um, but yeah, it's usually good. See if you can rope in a mentor, a little different role than your buddy. Uh, if you ask your manager, mostly senior level people are looking for mentorship opportunities where they like mentees. Uh, Because who doesn't like a lackey, honestly? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I loved my mentees. Uh, (laughs) So they're usually looking and then you can have someone with a little bit more focus on department levels or technical focus or whoever based on it. And you can figure those details out with your manager. But again, just someone else who's not, uh, you know, someone you're directly working with or reporting to. Um, Talk to every single senior folk. And by, I don't mean like 65 plus people. I mean like people who are senior than you in your position, uh, talk to all of them. Just introduce yourself because next time you're in a big team meeting and you call out your name or you're presenting something, it's good to start building that report from ground up as opposed to some meeting four months in and they accidentally are like, who's this person? And you're like, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a new hire, but I've been here for six months. So I'm not that new, I guess. Uh, cause that has happened to me. Um, Yeah, and then set up all your recurring meeting coordinations from the beginning. Find everybody who you want to talk to on a regular basis and just set up whatever your outlook bi-weekly, once a month Uh, thing is. Later on, you can tone those down, but having those in the calendar up front is great because you will have a million questions and having a predetermined fixed time uh, feels much better than slacking them here and there and being like, hey, can I bother you for like another half hour of your time or something? Um, so you can batch those questions together if you want it.
1: Something that <clears throat> something that I've done at this job and previous jobs as well, pretty much whenever possible, is just ask the question. If I, have, if I need clarification on something, hey, I'm wondering about this. Who's the best person to talk to? The person might say, oh, that's me. What's your question? Or they'll say, it's so-and-so. And it's more likely if you phrase it that way, they're going to say, oh, it's so-and-so. And the nice thing about that is then you get a collection of people that you can ask questions to so that you don't constantly bother the same person. And if that person is, especially if they're answering your questions, they're probably answering other people's questions. They're probably busy, probably in meetings, answering other questions, dealing with customers, whatever it is. And so being able to defer and be like, all right, well, so-and-so is the best person for that. They might be a good follow-up. Like secondary option if I can't get an answer from this other person so I've been doing that which helped me get things sorted out yesterday uh, where it was essentially had one point of contact and then it became alright this is a failure a single point of failure Uh, I need to get for example my co-working space sorted out who's the best person to talk to oh it's this person all right and I talked to them all right I need to get the this particular detail the co-working space sorted out who do I talk to?" And that second person I was talking to pointing me to somebody else. All right, so now I've got three people and then, all right, I'm looking to get set up with the local environment. I got to this step. It says in the README to reach out to this person. So I reached out to that person. But then, all right, well, if you want clarification on what the project goals are, talk to this person. So now I'm talking to like four or five people. And it was all just saying, who's the best person to talk to about this current concern that I have that's based on the last question I asked that person. And they just kept pointing me around to different people. So now I've got whatever it is. That's five. So probably like 25%, 20% of the company. Wow. <laughs> they have spoken to. Uh, benefits of a small company. And yeah, doing that has worked well for me. Just asking, phrasing your questions in a way that they can point you to somebody else. It helps spread you around a little bit. Get some context on who knows what. At my last company... I just found out in the last couple of weeks who the actual ops team is. I thought they were a, part, a different part of the company, but they're actually a part of the company based in Canada, and I went for drinks with them. And wow. I was like, I didn't know that. I've worked there for two years. <laughs> and it was all because they were buried in the ops Slack channel, and you don't bother the ops people unless you really have to. And the way you bother the ops people – is you find out who they respect enough and you ask them to go into the cave and bother the ops people, rattle the cages a bit. And so that was my only interaction. And then went out for drinks and it worked great. So if I could have done that a year and a half earlier, maybe I could have been working on some other things while I was there.
0: Yeah. Pro tip, anytime you want to get into good terms with ops people, take them out for drinks. 100% of the time it works every single time. (laughs) Even in my current job, I am one of the ops people and to get other ops people to like me, all I have to do is just like, y'all want to like go for, go for a beer? And they're like, yeah, we like this guy. <laughs> uh, as for dev team, I take them out for lunch. I've noticed this is a difference. Devs like food, but ops people like drinks because they have more demons to drown out, I think. Um,
1: the, the dev team is less likely to be woken up at 2, th- two in the morning by yeah. pager
0: duty. Yeah, so, and the dev team probably just needs food because they've been coding nonstop for 8 to 10 hours that's without good any point. paying attention yeah, yeah, to their actual meals. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> get them out of the zone, feed them, and then ops people, yeah. you just put alcohol in their system so they can perform at the bomber peak and right. keep going. F-
1: at 4 p.m., <laughs> if you're talking to a dev, they haven't eaten yet, so offer them food. Yeah. And if it's 4 p.m., the ops person has been up since 3 a.m., And they just need a drink and then go to bed. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Work every single time, every single company I've joined, (laughs) ops people just love to drink. Uh, Me being an exception now. But whatever. Uh, Oh, and another big thing uh, during your first week or two weeks, find out every single benefit you have in the company. Uh, Depending on the size and scale of the company, there might be very hidden things that you won't even know like months later. And by that time you're like, oh, I've missed out on most things. Uh, for example, at EA, we had RSP matching, which I didn't know that it, you had to enroll. I thought it just automatically kicks in, uh, but it doesn't. So I missed out on matching for like four or five months of free money mm-hmm. uh, or free tax free money. And
1: um, hey, the matching is basically a bonus. So Exactly.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was just sad. And I was sad out of after it. Uh, even currently at Amazon, apparently I could expense out like my travel expenses, like my monthly passes, uh, for buses and stuff. I didn't know until like four months in, no one told me this. <laughs> I just was like browsing through the pages and they're like, Oh, by the way, you get this commuter benefit. I was like, oh, what benefits are it? Um, and, uh, And yeah, even things like how much allocations you have on your, like health, dental, insurance, massage, whatever. Uh, My very first company spoiled me a lot because they had unlimited on everything. So I got physiotherapy once a week for like two years um, because I had a broken, uh, very, very bad back. Uh, So that worked out because in my every job after that, it's been like, you get $1,000 or $500 for the whole year. uh, And I would not have been able to afford that. Uh, So, you know, figure out what your benefits are. Go crazy on them because that's just money you're throwing down the drain if you're not using them.
1: Yeah, my company is paying for my WeWork, which is great because I don't want to work from the apartment all day, every day. Yeah. And so I can go go WeWork and I don't even have to pay the extra for it. They're just happy that I'm working somewhere where I'm going to be productive and happy. And uh, I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. So I'm a big fan. And I... I asked them, it's not like, I doubt they would have hidden that information from me, but still, uh, a lot of the things that you've brought up, uh, you've brought up directly to me in real life and being like, why are you not using your benefits? <laughs> so one of the things I made sure I did when I joined Archera, which is my new company, it's like, hey, I'm going to a WeWork. Do you offer any support for that sort of thing? And they said, yeah, well, big fan of that and we'll pay for it. Sweet. You just got
0: asked sometimes. Yeah, all the time. Ask every single time. Because uh, for most companies, it's a write-off. If anything, they can like advertise it, advertise it as, oh yeah, we help our developers. And then you see a random Instagram ad of a developer with the quote being like, we write good code and we're happy doing it or some nonsense <laughs> like <this>. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, most companies will say yes. If not, it'll give them an idea of what things people want and they might be able to expense that out they'll even do some companies just do even experiments they'll do on a person-to-person basis because at the end of the day companies want their employees to do stuff and they can get tax exemptions and a lot of those things so you don't have to pay it out of the pocket just always ask because for everything i just it's just on the top of my mind even like if you were eating out lunch uh but you had some work to do just be like can I have expense out my lunch because I'm doing work things? And nine of ten times, your company will be like, "Sure, uh, free lunch." You know, <laughs> uh, I just, I, it just, I, yeah. After after working enough and learning how much benefits I missed out on at this point, I'm just just ask. Worst they can say be like, "Oh yeah, we don't offer that." And then you're like, "Cool, I'll still pay out of my pocket." The whole principle of if you don't ask, the answer is no, and. Turns out at work, most things are a yes. Uh, so long you're not like, can I expense this PS5 because it'll help me mentally, you know, do better at my job from home. Um, maybe not, but ergonomic mouse and keyboard, they're like $200 and your company might expense that for you. Yes,
1: I, I do know a gal who tried to expense for a Christmas gift a wobbly, wavy, inflatable, felling arb tomb man because she said it would help her mental health. Uh, and wow. the company said, no, you can choose one of the three things we offered, which were all Apple accessories, mm. which were apparently going to be good for ergonomics. I'm like, I don't know about that. Magic Mouse does not look very ergonomic. But, you know, it is what it is.
0: Yeah, I got a projector oh. <laughs> out of that. But yeah, I got, yeah, I don't remember. You resell it? Uh, AirPods? Probably. I think it was AirPods. Oh yeah. Yeah. They work great. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But yeah, that's like during your onboarding, ask these questions, figure these out, find your HR contact. Um, and you're, if you're in a bigger, big company, you'll probably go through like a lot of legal compliance videos and there's too much information almost. So talk to other people who are there and say how much of this is actually relevant. Uh, cause some of it might just be mandatory for legal reasons, but some of it is just, they're like, Hey, you want to learn more about the company? Here's some links. And you may not have to do that for like three months or even a year. And, uh, on like how to write, like a person in your company would, um, uh, you're not doing any of that work anytime soon. By the time you actually need that skill, you'll forget. So just save it for then.
1: And on the flip side of that, some things are very important. So like my last company, I worked at was a secure healthcare communications company. And we had to watch like right off the bat, you're assigned, these are HIPAA compliance videos. You gotta know what these are because it's our legal responsibility to make sure that you know before you write any code. And so doing that sort of thing is really important because you can't be leaking people's health information. Uh, Otherwise the company would be in big trouble, especially if they didn't ensure that you watched the training on it. But then, yeah, if it's some sort of marketing copy, how to video, and you're not someone who writes marketing copy, probably not a priority.
0: Probably not. You know, or you go in and they're like, here's how you can go through the promotion process. And you're like, I'm probably not getting any anytime soon. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even care. It's my day three. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, it was a big week. (laughs) It was a huge week. I did everything. Um, But yeah, um, and bookmarks, I am sure people know how to organize their things, but bookmarks are your friends. I just, I had a to do later, all that stuff. And I would just throw links in there and then not pay attention. I even have a folder that's like in between things and I have linked to a bunch of courses in there. And then they're like non-contextual, smaller little things I can do when I'm waiting for a code review or I'm waiting for someone to slack me, uh, for that extra hit of productivity. Uh, to feel like yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing this, uh, <laughs> but but yeah, that's mostly everything I can think of while you're like in your first few weeks. Anything you can think that I've missed?
1: Now I'm a big fan of being as being helpful as early as possible, but people will differ on that. So yesterday is it was either yesterday or earlier today? I think it was yesterday. I did a code review. And it was just on some JavaScript code because I was like, I'm comfortable with this. This JavaScript code looks like it could use some feedback. In other words, it didn't look like someone who had written a lot of JavaScript code. So I was like, I feel comfortable with this even though I'm new. And it was a work in progress PR. So it allowed me to be like, I might just be being overly pedantic here. So feel free to just ignore me at that point. Uh, But then it turned out this was a new dev, recent grad who Mm. was like, yeah, i I need this feedback because I haven't written a lot of JavaScript code. Wow. Went, Perfect. This worked out great. So I felt like I contributed, and then we had a little chat on Slack, so it helped me meet somebody. So doing that sort of thing is really good for me. It feels like I'm building momentum. Uh, and if you're similar, feel free to do that. If you're more like, nah, I just want to chill my first week, then just chill. Just get comfy. See see how things feel after the first week. Um, different approaches work well for different people
0: yeah your mileage may vary asterisks you know <laughs> yeah uh yeah. yeah figure out what the right path is for you and your role because um, at my previous one i did the same thing i was just like i, I want to make a make a difference i want to start contributing to the code base give me all of this show me all the problems uh it was very overwhelming <laughs> uh because <laughs> uh, there were libraries on libraries libraries in spades just too many all a lot of it all over the place and i just got overwhelmed and then i started working outside of my work hours and then i just started looking at them and then i got very comfortable with it very quick and i was like oh okay uh now let's try to fix this but then there was a whole bunch of like people i hadn't met and things i didn't do so i didn't build connections um, uh, now my focus is more on let's build the connections, learn about the processes and such, and then we'll figure out the tech part, uh, because tech part is usually the easier things, uh, as opposed to people, uh, people are hard. Um, and if they don't know you, don't trust you, they won't deploy your code. Uh, and they won't, they won't, you know, just take your word for things you do. Um, but yeah, figure, figure that out on your role. Yeah. Current one. I thaw- I think I did a decent balance. I like. Took the first week of just talking to everyone and taking all my compliant courses. Uh, But like by week two, I started being like, give me some code, show me some APIs. Um, Because code.amazon.com had uh, a lot of repos and I didn't know what to do (laughs) with myself. Uh, And then I filtered it by my department and that had a lot of repos and I did not know what to do. So uh, as much as I would have loved to be productive from day one, I probably would have just uh, gotten too stressed and wanted to quit. Um, so luckily for me, I had to write some code from scratch from the beginning. Uh, and then later on, had to work on things that pre-existed as I got more comfortable. But, uh, but yeah, in this one, I, I, I had set dead hard deadlines. I was like, all right, if it's after five, I'm not going to work. Uh, gotta, gotta build that balance cause, uh, it's easier to get lost. And then sometimes I don't know what your company culture might be like, but you might set the expectation that, Hey, this person on average works like eight to 10 hours. Um, and then before you know it, you are burnt out and, um, are sad.
1: Yeah. Don't do that.
0: Yeah. Being sad yeah. is bad. That's why it rhymes.
1: And if it rhymes, it must be true. <laughs> Beer before liquor, never been sicker
0: wow liquor before beer you're in the clear wow that's how i know it's true (laughs) we'll we'll just test it this weekend
1: yeah we'll find out (laughs) do you have anything else
0: uh just a couple of things on the post then once you're through the first few weeks all right now the offboarding from the onboarding but not leaving the company part okay Uh, because offboarding is its own thing which we'll cover in some other uh thing but so you're just kind of boarding yeah, just, just, you're just, you're boarded now, you're boarded. but you don't want to be bored. True. Uh, so you're, you're trying to, you're trying to set some timelines. So one of the things I like to do is like set a seven day and the 30 day check-in for yourself of, Hey, these are the things I've already gone over. These are the things I know about the company now. And these are the things that are a huge question mark and still in my head. Being aware of what you don't know will be so useful in your first few weeks because that's when you find out of, hey, who's the best person to talk about this? Because in the beginning, you're the worst person to talk about anything. Uh, (laughs) So you want to find out all the best people, but you can't. From what I've seen in tech, um, if you don't have very direct questions, you will either get a buttload of information and get way more lost than you were in the beginning Or people won't just clearly say anything because they're like, hey, you need to contextualize this more. So having that context of checking in with yourself of, "Okay, I've done this, these are the things that are working for me, these are my maps, uh, will be very useful with your 730-day check-in. And do those with your buddy because they might be like, oh, yeah, I was very lost about this in the beginning. This is how I approach this uh, kind of thing. Very, very important. Uh, In the beginning, you'll probably get meeting invites to everything that your team is doing. Please don't feel compelled. Talk to your manager. Talk to your teams. Uh, I've started probably leaving like 30% of the meetings I was invited to when I started uh, because they don't provide value to me. I don't provide value to them. And now I know enough to not be in them. Uh, So don't feel bad about those. Uh, Ask your manager. 30 days in, ask them how you're doing. Because if you've been doing a good job of checking out with everybody else on the team, your manager would have heard by now that you're you know, talking to people. And if you've missed someone or, you know, things aren't, aren't clear uh, from your onboarding plan because there's a good chance it's not been fleshed out very much, uh, your manager can then guide you on, oh, these are most people you should talk to. I heard about this other team that you were talking to them. Good job, kind of good things. And in the beginning, you will constantly feel like you're not doing anything correctly. So having that little reassuring feedback, even if it seems like you're asking for it, uh, will be very useful. Uh, just just blindly trust me on that, whoever this listener is. Um, and
1: It's mostly me. I'm making notes of all this. Uh, great, in great, great, great yeah, job.
0: I've got stuff to do. <laughs> um, and please just improve their onboarding docs. If they don't have any, if they have them half-baked, every new person is always like, oh yeah, these are bad, but don't do anything about them. Don't be that guy. Do better.
1: So... Sh- Quick shout out to Archera. Wow. I they sent me a link to their they said this is our main repo. So they've got like front end, back end, it's all in one spot. And they're like, just follow the README and let me know if you run into any problems. The README was huge. Mm. But the whole thing worked. Wow. I just went top to bottom. It was like this is how you set up Docker. I was like, I already got Docker set up, so I didn't worry too much about that. And it was like, this is how, if you just want to do front end development, this is how you do it. And it was like, spin up this bunk uh, backend that proxies to uh, production, and that will give you some data, and then you're good to go. And then I was like, let's try hot reload. Hot reload worked on the front end and everything. And then I was like, all right, next section backend development. So if you want to run the backend locally and make API changes without touching the database, so you can proxy to another environment's database, run the front end if you uh, run the front end locally, and then Make changes to the apis i just hit the health endpoint changed the message that came back hot reloaded it's like this is working great and then there's the local database stuff which i didn't end up getting to because then i had meetings but up to that point everything just worked which i was like not expecting that at this point uh because i'm coming from a company who that's their achilles heel is documentation so you can get great answers if you ask somebody but you always have to ask so being sent a link, I was like, oh no, <laughs> this is going to be bad. And then it was great. So if you can give somebody that experience, that's a positive.
0: Yeah, don't do the opposite where I've looked at so many repos now where they just don't even have a readme because uh, they're all internal right. and people have context. So they're just like, oh yeah, we know how to run these things of something that looks like a similar structure. And like, there are no commands. I have to go through code and shell scripts to be like, these are the parameters that it expects. this is the form of it. This is what it looks for. And really smart people write really good working code, but they don't make it very easy to read because their brain thought it was really clever the way they wrote things, uh, which wastes my time because I don't have a readme to look at. Um, so one of the things I've at least started doing is self shout out, throw a readme into every single... Uh, repo I'm building and putting exact instructions of this is the structure of commands this is an example command uh, kind of thing uh, because I know I will go back and refer to them three months from now and be like thank you past me for not being a useless uh, developer so yeah don't be that don't be a bad developer improve your onboarding docs
1: yeah and if you can this is more of a development thing Mm. but if you can have one of those projects where it's like Make setup or make install and then make run. And the, on de- day one, the dev can just like, with one or two commands, have a backend API running, a full web server, and then just like npm start and have that running on the front end. And it's like, cool, you've got an app running. Maybe you don't know how any of it works yet, but it's really nice to have that where it's just zero friction, especially if it's fully Dockerized and you know it'll kind of just work TM. Uh, then even if they don't have things like I was mentioning with Hot Reload or anything fancy, they can get the app running locally. It's a good motivator. So if you are at the point in your company or you're just starting out a new repo and you can make it really easy to get started, that'll help future devs, which might be devs that are already on the team and they're just new to this repo, or it might be devs that are new to the company, and it just gives you that good feeling, that feeling like you've made progress even though all you did was write make start or make up
0: yeah and mm-hmm. if you're on a unix based system it's just so easy yes. It's it's so easy to make those things work so just just do that do the little extra work uh besides the authentication system which i eventually ended up integrating uh that was the thing i was very proud of on mines because that was one of the first things i like fully tried to dockerize and run it with make was just make local or make app and it just here you go. Here's the URL. Go go crazy.
1: And it was the same with the boilerplate that we ended up making yeah. as well. It was just like, all right, here's your two commands. One starts the front end, one starts the back end, and then there was just run everything. Yeah.
0: And it, it was nice. That boilerplate ended up going to a government submission, you know. Wow. Dig it? Well, not the boilerplate. We used the boilerplate yeah, yeah. to write code on it, but yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah, you
1: know? cool. <laughs> I just have the, the forked copy that I kept for myself. <laughs>
0: Uh, But yeah, that's all the things I have. The big thing I wanted to wrap up on that I will emphasize over and over, improve the docs. Just because you think you're new and you're like, oh, I don't know if I should be making changes to this, do it because you're the only one who has the context for it. Um, Yeah, I just... And I I like like shout out to Amazon for that too because when I was like, hey, these are the things that are missing from the onboard docs, uh, the person immediately gave me edit access to the doc and was like, just go go crazy go go do what you want and i was like thanks this feels good i have too much power now Uh. (laughs)
1: yeah archera also has a nice company vision sort of doc Mm. so it's it's very much like an early stage doc it's not official it's not public anything like that but it just kind of says this is how the company sees itself and they gave me a link to that so i was able to look at it and see like this is where roughly they're trying to position themselves in the market these are the goals. this is how they're looking at presenting themselves publicly, that sort of thing. And it was an immediate context for, all right, this is how everybody on this team is thinking about the stuff we're building. So something like that too, which I, I wouldn't have thought of necessarily. Uh, I would have thought of that as more like marketing stuff I don't care about. The fact that it was a, a collaborative doc that was still being worked on, make it very accessible to devs because it's devs writing it. Mm-hmm. So having something like that would actually be good, even though I wouldn't have thought of it before yesterday.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great point, because generally you overlook, you think of the processes, you think of the uh, your whatever dev work and technical documentation, and then for anything higher level company, you're just like, oh, yeah, I probably read it on the website. But if there is more internal things with more context uh, that necessarily didn't make it through the public language barriers, yeah, definitely share that with your new hires because they would, then they feel more more like with the company, right? They're like, yeah. I have information other people don't. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I am in now. I'm yeah. part of this cult.
1: Exactly, you know? yeah. Put Confidential at the bottom too. It makes Oof. you feel really special.
0: It really does. Every email I see with the Amazon, whatever, Confidential, I'm just like, oh yeah. <laughs> no one but a couple thousand people have access to this. <laughs> and then i delete those um but (laughs) in those few seconds it feels great Mm
1: -hmm. that's what matters
0: that you know what else matters things people did or do better on
1: oh wow all right (laughs) well let me tell you about stuff that matters then wow so i I had these commitments right Mm -hmm. to do better on things and these are the things i did better on successfully move into my new place without losing or breaking anything Wow. Apparently, you sold some stuff. <laughs> uh, I haven't noticed anything yet. so then That's good. That's all. So I considered it a win. It's yeah. a, a do-better. Or I did better, I should say. I did call Shaw and cancel my internet, which took two attempts. Uh, I canceled it on last Sunday. like the pre- Sunday before last Sunday. Then a week later, I was like, hey, pretty sure nobody canceled my internet. So I'm calling to follow up about that. And they checked my account and said, yeah, there's nothing about this being canceled. Like, sweet. That's what I figured. Because uh, the first time, it was too easy. I called up, and they were just like, yeah, okay. We'll cancel it. You'll get an email. And then I hadn't got an email. And I thought, maybe it'll get at the end of the billing cycle. I was like, I don't want to wait for that, because then I'll just end up with another month of billing or something dumb. So I called again. They asked way more questions. I was like, this seems more official. And then I stayed on the call until the email came through. Mm. I was like, all right, show me the confirmation email. Both of them came through. Shipped back my returned uh, equipment. And hopefully now, after they bill me hundreds of dollars, I will never get another bill from them until I actually sign up for internet again. So that'll be terrific. Uh, I found a gym after moving. Wow. That was nice. I thought it might be a bit harder than it was. But turns out, the gym that I thought was more like a fitness studio is actually good. Uh, it's It's not just like, you know doing banded pull-aparts and stuff in, yeah. in a group class. So it was an actual gym, and I've been having a great time there. And I already mentioned it, but I got set up at a WeWork, and it's like starting next month going full membership, so I won't even have to do these on-demand bookings anymore, but that's what I'm doing this month. And it's just nice. It's nice being around a bunch of other people in more like a, a workspace. It's outside the home, so it doesn't feel like I'm constantly working and then just moving two feet over and then sitting on the couch watching tv right beside where i worked all day for some reason even though this place is bigger than my old place as soon as i was here i was like oh i can't work from here all day i would just feel like it was always with me even though my other place was literally one room i think it was the floor to ceiling windows they just brought in some more natural light so uh yeah, that's been, that's been going great. Big fan of the WeWork. I wasn't sure what to expect. I thought it would be good. And it's been great.
0: Kombucha on tap. What else do you need? <laughs>
1: well, I haven't heard <laughs> you of that. I, just to check, just to make sure I didn't like it, I tried the sparkling water on tap. And it was mostly because I was waiting for the water and mm-hmm. there was someone doing dishes. But I already walked up there. So I was kind of committed. And I had a meeting to get to. So I was like, mm, all right, let's just go with the sparkling water from tap. Cause it comes from the ceiling. So it feels wow. very fancy and it was not good. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why people drink sparkling water, but my do bears. So I've been putting this one off, I guess only for a few days now, but it feels like a long time. Everything feels longer since I got here. Just mm. cause there's actually changes and different scenery and things, but there's a land yachts factory. Outlet store, something like that in Vancouver somewhere, and so I need to find out if they have a dinghy in stock. A dinghy is a short longboard, and every day when I walk to the gym, I think, why haven't I bought that dinghy yet? Because it would save me so much time. It's like probably half an hour each morning, and in the morning, half an hour is quite a bit. It would be really nice to have that when all I need to do is ride down a basically empty sidewalk to get to the gym so i really need to do that and i keep putting it off because i'm like i should wait and this is actually coming up i've got a bunch of upcoming uh do-baggers but i'm not committing to them yet this week because i want to get my first paycheck (laughs) from my new job first and be like all right it's real you do have money in your account you'll be able to pay your credit card and everything and then worry about spending more money because I'm going to have like the Shaw cancellation and moving stuff, a bunch of stuff on my card. I would just like to make sure, yep, things are going to balance out and then add more to it. Uh, But I think I could could swing the Land Yachts thing, plus it'll save me a bunch of time in the meantime. Uh, But I want to do better by contributing to my new team, as we've discussed pretty much the whole show. And most importantly, again... You've all heard this before if you've listened to the show. I need to actually message girls on dating apps. Uh, I've not been doing that. Now I'm in the big city. Mm -hmm. I'm on the mainland. There are more people. I have a roommate who gets dates. I have no excuse now. I have to actually commit. So I'm a I'm a do better.
0: Yeah. Did you did you hear that though? That was the sound of everybody hating you collectively uh, for not responding to women on dating apps. Because usually people have the other problem, uh, but they,
1: they can't leave me on red if I just never message them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Got him. I, I cannot argue with that. <laughs> um, but yeah, see, I I was just like you know I was just so sure. I was like he's gonna be here and it's gonna be like matches and spades. and have I been wrong so far
1: you've been correct so far.
0: yes so anybody who lives in a stupid little city come move to Vancouver so I can have more friends Uh, (laughs) and you will have a lot more dates uh, because people actually want to meet people here and they don't cancel and they come meet out they'll postpone sometimes if they don't have their crap together but uh, people yeah generally will always show up uh, which is pretty neat I'd say Uh, as opposed to the island culture where they'll be like nah I don't feel like it.
1: Yeah, something came up. I have to watch Netflix.
0: Yeah, life is hard, and I'm a pretty girl who gets tons of attention, so I don't really need to meet up with anyone. Uh, even though we planned and committed to this plan, <laughs> uh, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I'll I'll talk about my do did betters. Yes, so yes. did betters. I said before, I've, or I or like is doing betters. Okay, con- continuing to doing betters. All right. All right. Uh, is friends. I've been seeing some friends. I have now a common-law friend who (laughs) (laughs) lives with me. Uh, So that's been pretty cool, the whole Xbox thing. You can play games with someone. I have someone to talk to. Uh, So that's kind of nice. And then the thing I tried uh, last week was a very low version of dopamine detox. It's not as high level as the Silicon Valley bros are doing. But really, it was just to... Re sort of as a weekly reminder of hey this is your relationship with caffeine this is your relationship with other things you are using to like sort of force some happy chemicals in your brain maybe some of it should come internally maybe you should like sit in boredom and feel like what patience looks like and you know have some more time to do less boring things that are ultimately better for you like reading or other things as just being able to sit with discomfort so that it becomes comfortable. Uh, and I've been doing meditation a decent amount, but I haven't been, I've been falling off the wagon here and there. And I, I have definitely noticed how reading gets super hard once my daily routines are video games, lifting, listening to a bunch of music, jumping around, hanging around with my friends, uh, because those dopamine base two hits are much higher than Sitting patiently by myself and being like, ah, oh, so this is the correlation between what people should do and how human brain works while forming new habits. Those are less fun, especially on a Kindle. It doesn't have the book feel, and I don't enjoy it as much, but mm-hmm. books are cheaper on it.
1: Hot take. Books are dumb.
0: Wow. Wow, 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 wow.
1: I, the, one of the main reasons I, I didn't read much as a kid was because there was no comfortable way to hold a book, and I don't like the feeling uh. of paper on my hands.
0: So, that's the best part though
1: oh it's not though you just I, I, sit
0: there and you
1: i'm pretty convinced that i sh- i'll get myself a kindle and then start reading a bunch largely because it's not a book and it's it's always been something i haven't liked uh mm-hmm. i'm big on audiobooks though
0: audiobooks are pretty great i can't do them but i see the appeal
1: i listened to a walk in the woods most recently as per one of my friend's recommendations. So there's a bonus recommendation <laughs> for you, listener. Wow.
0: Yeah.
1: It was fine. guess mm. 7 out of 10. No, 6 out of 10. Slightly above average.
0: Mm. Yeah, I have the opposite problem of most people. Most people like to like listen in to some like, podcast or audiobook, and they can actually like parse it all. Um, I can't. I Audio feels like I need at least two senses engaged at some point. So I can listen better if I'm also reading something or like focusing on some other work, but if I have to be on a voice call, or just listen to an audiobook, I'm constantly like, "What do I do with my hands? What do I do with my eyes?" I can be doing other things. I'm just listening to a staticness. Uh, so walking and podcast works, but walking and audiobooks sometimes don't because I'm like, I can look at other things around me. Uh, but that's my weird brain processing thing. Uh, so no audiobooks for me, but. I wish I could enjoy those because I definitely see the appeal a lot Um, things I will try to do better on uh, or continue to do better on is I'm gonna try to add back reading on dopamine detox Wednesdays Uh, that should be that should be fun Um, some more reading uh, on those days Uh, see some more friends uh, because Christmas is almost here Uh, and winters are depressing so having people around would be slightly nice Um, take a lot more walks kind of want to do more walks but it's winters and I don't like being out in the cold as the cold wind hits me Uh, but (laughs) uh, I'm going to take some time off the gym, I'm going to take the rest of this week off uh, which is a huge commitment Uh, that means I have to tone down uh, some of my macros But uh, walking should help with that. And I'll add some extreme VR gaming. Just some aggressive beat sabering (laughs) uh, and some pistol whipping. So, yeah, looking forward to that. But I'm going to focus this week on relaxing my body a little bit more. And, um, yeah, maybe relaxing my brain too if that actually happens.
1: Right on. I thought this was going to be short because we've had the entire
0: week to chat but it mm.
1: ended up going further long here
0: wow 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 so well thanks for sticking around this long
1: yeah if you make it this far you're
0: cool you officially certified you've C- done certified fraud certified friend. <laughs> that's a new title rewarding so thank you for having it uh, no bye